Hello, and welcome to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. I am Steph, and I'm the owner and creative director of Vim. Vim's mission is to showcase the enthusiasm and passion of business leaders nationwide. I cannot wait to have you listen to the show and stick around. At the end, we talk a little bit about how you can be my next guest. All right, we are back with another episode of the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. I'm so excited to have a beautiful soul, a beautiful industry leader um, with us today to share a little bit more, uh, Debbie Gian. She is the owner of The Spiritual Umbrella. Uh, She's author and many other things we're going to dive into, Um, but I'm going to kick us off like we always do. Debbie, don't get scared with my hard hitting question. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Debbie, what is your why? My why? My why is because I believe that every single one of us has the potential to make the world a better place. And as long as we know how to dig within ourselves and get the best out of ourselves, we can make everybody's world a better place. Wow. That is amazing. So where does that come from? Um, you know, our whys often are deeply rooted in, in past experiences or younger selves. Where did you first recognize this desire to help others see that in themselves? Uh, wow. I think I was pretty young. I think I was probably 18 or 19 and I was actually living in Israel at the time. Oh, wow. And, um, I, I served in the Israeli army and (laughs) as a teenager, I already saw that there was more behind the day to day and serving in the army. And I was looking for the spiritual behind everything. Mm. And I believed that there was not just a why, but there had to be more than what the day-to-day brings. And, you know, fast forward some years, I got married and I was pregnant with my first child. And I didn't know that I had a condition called factor five. Hmm. And factor five is something that uh, creates blood clots. And so it was creating blood clots to the embryo. And I had no idea about this. And complications, I lost my first baby. The process of of going through that, and I was really young, the process of going through that, and I was studying spirituality at the time, and I said, you know what, I have a choice. Either, you know, I'm 20, I don't know, 22, 23 I was, I'm going to, you know, go into this deep depression, and why is this happening to me, and, or I'm going to walk my talk, and I'm going to look for the why behind everything. And I'm going to use this as a lesson. And a year later, fast forward, I had my oldest child. And that process of, there were so many things I went through. I met other mothers in the hospital. I mean, all my kids are miracles. They all were early NICU. So in the NICU, meeting these parents and going through these things with them and just being able to share with other women experiences that are rough, but that can be used as lessons. Mm-hmm. And turned around is where I got my why. So where did you have this uh, the strength to decide, right? You said I can either be depressed and let this overtake me, or I can explore this other path. Right. So, so the, wh- path, the path that I was studying is called Kabbalah. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, people call it mysticism, but that sounds like all, it's really a set of rules. I know that sounds rough. It's, it's a set of rules of how to live your life right. in a spiritual way and cause and effect. Mm. And everything has a cause and effect. And, you know, I believe that what we say and what we do affects our lives and all these people that are connected to us as well, that we may not even know that they're connected to us on a soul level. And that was where my choice came from. What led you to that? Like out of all, I guess I have two full questions because you had said you, you were in the military in Israel and you were seeking the spiritual side. So is that something that the military uh, cultivated or really pushed away? And that was not there, not, not, on, on either side, I'm not going to get into any political things here, but yeah, no, the, the army doesn't choose any sides of spirituality or not spirituality. It was something that I grew up with um, when I was little. My father was a conservative rabbi in Judaism. So I kind of had the background already, but I was a rebel and I didn't want to practice religion mm. without understanding why I'm doing it. Yeah. And Kabbalah helped me go into the deeper understanding of why we do things and Mm. the basic laws because Kabbalah came before any religion. So it's the basic laws of the universe. It's the basic laws of cause and effect of what happens to everybody in the world, not just Jewish, Christian, whoever it is. Right, right, right. I see. Okay. Well, that's fascinating that you had this foundation from your parents. This is so it's fascinating because several of the guests I've had recently shared this similar passion and kind of journey of, I don't want to say mirroring, but pulling from, from their parents and something that they were able to instill from them, um, of this practice. And it took this really challenging thing in your life for you to go against the rebel, (laughs) like be rebellious to yourself and be like, you know what? I guess I can give this a little bit of a shot. Right. Yes, exactly. And so what was some of your earliest um, memories of, you know, in that time of learning of this thing that you had been rebelling against? Not not it particularly, but in so many ways it. Uh, what was some of your earliest memories of recognizing the power in what you were learning? I think the first thing that was like my aha moment is that um, no matter what I think or what I do, it's going to have an effect. It's going to have an effect on my life. And it, mm-hmm. and it really is going to affect, let's say if I'm pregnant, the baby yeah. and I see it in my kids, I see where my consciousness was in every single pregnancy and how it manifested in them being a human being today. Um, and, and just a person walking down the street, you know, if you're, I always believe that our smile is not ours. You know, we can't see our smile, but everybody else can. Our smile belongs to the public. So if we go out with a depressed face and we're angry and that's what we show people, that's what they go with throughout their day. Mm. So what does it take to smile? So if you smile, you're affecting everybody else around you, even if it's not real, you know, fake it till you make it. (laughs) You know that you're doing it to share with other people. That's the most important thing. Yeah. I think it'll feel less faked if you know that it is is for others. I've never thought about our smile being not ours. 
Yeah. I mean, think about it. You don't smile to yourself unless you stand in front of a mirror all day. So when you're smiling, you're actually smiling to another person and you're making them feel good. Yeah. That is so interesting. I, I just, and I, I don't know how much they'll correlate, but I just had um, a friend of mine mention that they actually was a LinkedIn connection mentioned that they have turned off the uh, the view of themselves on virtual meetings. So uh, I think the default is like, I'm right here and you're right here. And there's this, um, you know, distraction of seeing ourselves almost. Yes. Um, and I think it was an, in- it's an interesting to think about how in the past we really didn't see our, our smiles very much, but so much of what I'm seeing in the last five, 10, 15, 20 years with, you know, these things, these cell phones that we walk around with and the concept of selfies and seeing ourselves on video, I think we're starting to recognize how much we do or don't smile because we're seeing it more. Yes, exactly. But it still is really for other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you take a picture, you want to smile, not just because you want to feel good, but you want to make other people feel good. You know, people go out on vacation and they, can you imagine someone being on vacation and frowning the whole time? They want to go to where they are, but if they look like they're enjoying, oh, wow, you know, I want to go there. So it, it, it builds desire in other people and it also makes them feel good. Do you think that's really a conscious thing or do you think that's a subconscious thing? I I mean, I wish that it would be conscious for everybody because we would make a big change, but I think it's subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think when I am taking a photo of myself or I'm on camera, I don't, and maybe it's just me, I don't think about my smile for any intention. Uh, It it just kind of happens, right? It's a subconscious thing because I'm intrigued about the conversation or happy about the time I'm spending with someone or someplace. So it's really interesting to think about our smiles for others and how it affects them and affects the whole scenario. Well, I think that one of the main things and a lot of what I learned is that everything is intention. Mm -hmm. You're speaking my language. And if you wake up in the morning and you're miserable, no matter what you do, that misery is going to go and follow you throughout the whole day. Because it's never about what we say. It's Mm -hmm. about what we don't say. And it's about what people feel from us. Yes. You know, everyone, I believe everyone is psychic. Because it's on all different levels. Obviously, it's not like the psychic that you go to to get answers. But everyone feels. Everyone feels energy. Everyone, everyone has that, and that's what they feel from you more than what you've said. You know, I've given lectures. My husband's given lectures, and one time I said I had a group of women that I was giving lecture to, and it was a very intense three-day thing. And at the end, I said, you know, what do you remember from this? Mm. And all of them had examples of things that were never said. Oh, can you give an example? That's fascinating. It was what they felt. It was, it was more about the unity. It was more about the feeling they had Mm -hmm. from something. They couldn't pinpoint what the lesson was in words. They couldn't really remember everything, but they, they remembered what they felt. Yeah. So when you're in that, I mean, even, even myself, when I listen to, let's say Tony Robbins or whoever it is, I don't always remember what they say, but I remember what it made me feel. Yeah. And that's what's important is the intention. Yeah. And there's, a, I mean, a, a beautiful quote of people will not remember what you say, but rather what you, what, how you made them feel. Exactly. You know? and, that, and how you made them feel is about our intention behind it. 
Yes. And that's the key part that the quote really kind of leaves out is that yeah. how much control you have mm -hmm. walking into those interactions exactly. with others. Exactly, exactly. So you shared that this why, this purpose really came from your own personal experience of, you know, starting a family, you know, starting a family with a rocky start. And that really led you into the spiritual journey and then of course starting spiritual umbrella do you work with women who have, have lost children or women specifically who have families is there a tie that directly or how is um, that formed? yes i mean i work with all women but i relate more to women who are married have careers not necessarily have children but i, I can guide more and feel more women who are married unfortunately I'm, I'm getting over the hill there and so it's kind of hard for me with singles or younger women um i don't want to feel like i'm preaching to them so it's for me it's it's more the married women children yeah, are yeah. there's obviously like that connection of, yes. of experiences that you guys mirror and share with each other that yes probably really feels connected in that way right i love that and so how do you right this is a very vulnerable thing to share when it comes to connecting with women how do you bleed this purpose and this why your why into your brand so that women recognize who you are and feel connected and want to work with you um i think one of the most important things is vulnerability mm -hmm. is to be open and I think that once I share my story and, you know, I'm not perfect, I've gone through challenges, I go through challenges every day, and it's not about me being better or worse than anybody, it's just I have these, this toolbox that can help other people. So that's where I take it where, you know, I'm, I'm just another woman who wants to help. Yeah, I love that. And so what is helping these women's look like? How, how does it look like to work with you? Okay, so to work with me, I, what I believe strongly that everybody is different. So I don't have um, a step-by-step -step categories of what to do, but I, this is what I do. I have an initial uh, meeting with them, and then it depends where they want to go and where they want to be. If it's, you know, if their goal is to make, more money or if their goal is to have a better relationship or if their goal is to help bring up their children so we sit in the first hour and we boil down what it is that they want and then then we decide how many sessions they're willing to put into it because everyone's different and there are people who want to go the whole way and and take you know a year and say i'm taking a year and i'm going to make this happen and there are people that say, you know, I just want a little bit of advice. Let's do, you know, a month or let's do two months. And it really depends on the person because I believe spiritual work is endless. Mm -hmm. We never stop working on ourselves. Right. And it's also very hard when you're gauging yourself. It's kind of like, that's cheating. You can't really gauge yourself. You need someone else to gauge you. Oh, so, okay. so that's where, that's where they have the choice of three months, six months, a year, and what they want to do with it but the the initial meeting of who they are who i am if we match if we can work together and then from there we go on fantastic now you had said something that struck me as interesting you had said it's really hard for us to gauge ourselves and you really need to have someone else to gauge i have never heard that before that's a unique 
I don't want to say spin, but that's a unique <laughs> thought around our own spiritual journeys, because oftentimes we say it like that, our own spiritual journey. Right. So tell me more, like, I want to dive into your thought process around the power of having someone else to help gauge that journey. Okay. So first of all, in my mind, a spiritual journey is a journey where you're learning how to have relationships with everyone around you. Mm -hmm. You can't become a better person if you're not, if you're locked in a room or if you're on a mountain high up by yourself experiencing nature, it's beautiful, but you're not growing spiritually. Mm -hmm. Growing spiritually means that you are dealing with every single relationship in your life. If it's your friends, your spouse, your children, your the, the barista at Starbucks, whoever it is that you come in contact with, yeah. that's your spiritual journey. People sometimes think that spiritual journey is about growth. Yes, it is about growth. But who's going to tell you that you're growing? Because if you're making everyone around you miserable and yeah. you're on your spiritual journey, you're definitely not. Yeah. But if you're growing and you're changing and you're becoming a better person, well, who's going to tell you that you're a better person? You, you can't tell yourself that you're a better person. <laughs> you have to have people around you say, oh, wow, what are, what are you doing? You know, what's what's going on? You, you, you've changed. You're more open. That's where the gauge is, is what people around you feel. Not that you have to be a people pleaser. That's not what it's about. But every experience that we go through with people in our lives is a mirror of what we should be doing. Mm. So everyone around us is a mirror. And even those annoying people in our lives are mirrors. You know, where am I annoying? What, why, why is this annoying me? What buttons is it pushing? It's never about the other person. Mm -hmm. And that's where the spiritual work comes in where, okay, why is she annoying me? Let's take her out of the picture or him out of the picture. And where did this start? Now, if you spend more than an hour a day with that, you've just gone into yourself. You're into yourself, not into other people. Hmm. And I believe that we were born and put in this world with other people because that's our, that's our mission is to be with other people. Yeah. And the more you grow, the more you have relationships that are deep and the more you're able to help other people, that's where you're grown spiritually. Wow. So in your program with the spiritual umbrella and your coaching that you do, um, like something for myself uh, I'm always seeking accountability in programs that I sign up for or in classes I take or coaching I, I partake in. Uh, accountability seems to be the last thing that anyone wants to offer. Um, and you're speaking almost directly to like, we need to create this gauge for you. So is this a community community that you cultivate? Is this giving the individuals who work with you uh, the power to seek this gauging in their own community or their own personal network, or is it yeah. you personally? Like, what does that look like? It's no, it's definitely has to be the people around them. I mean, I can be their gauge as a, as an outsider who can actually see what's going on there and tell it to them as it is. Cause I have no personal, yeah. no, it's not right. my right. But they definitely like one of the first things I do is tell them to go to five people that are close to them. And ask them to write three good things and three negative things about Ooh. them. Wow, what a challenge. And that's where the work starts. Because you have to go to five people who you trust and who you know love you. And you have to be open. And you'll see a pattern. Everyone sees a pattern. Because everyone knows what their stuff is. Yeah. So deal with it. But yeah. 
what a great kind of like tip to leave the listeners on is if you dare, <laughs> I say dare, <laughs> if you dare to do that, I mean, three things that you like and three things or, that are good and bad. Yeah, exactly. Three things that are good about me and three things that are bad about me. And then just look at the patterns probably for both lanes. And then that's a really great gauge and starting point of where to go from there. Yes. Wow. That's super powerful. I love that. So tell us again, just for the listeners who are getting the vibes that Debbie shares some things that I could definitely use in my life, either personal or professionally. Um, what is the most succinct kind of idea of what it is that spiritual umbrella does for women? And then what would be a good kind of starting point with you? Spiritual umbrella helps women reach their potential. Whatever that potential is, everyone has a different potential. Yes. And to start with me, I mean, really to pick up the phone or to do a Zoom or whatever it is that you feel comfortable with and have that initial session of getting to know each other and seeing what you're willing to do. Because spiritual spiritual work is not easy work. And it doesn't become easier. It becomes harder because mm-hmm. you're peeling off layers. It's, you know, it's like an onion. You're peeling off layers, you're peeling off layers, and it it's never ending. And, and it can sound scary. Yeah. But once you start you understand there really isn't much else to do besides our spiritual work. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you can have fun and you can enjoy it, but, but the why behind everything is so important. Absolutely. Yes. And you had mentioned that you have a, a book desire. Tell yes. us about that. It's a compilation of different quotes that I had said over time that are motivational quotes. And I called it desire because that is the basis of everything you do in your life. Do you wake up with desire, desire Mm -hmm. to be better, desire to have a better business, desire to reach more people? Everything is about desire. I love that. And you had shared off air that you are um, open to giving our listeners a free copy of that book. Yes, I am. Definitely. They can that is incredible. contact me and I will send it to them. Yes, definitely. I love that. So we'll make sure in the show notes that we'll get a link to that. Sure. Um, we also have WGON.com to access the spiritual umbrella uh, coaching, uh, online coaching for women. Uh, it sounds like both group and individual coaching. Yes. Yes, I do a lot of facilitating for groups and individual coaching. Great. Fantastic. So we have lots of options on how to work with Debbie. Some great free uh, kind of introductory into desire and thoughts around that. I I really appreciate your time today, Debbie. It's been so great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. All right. (laughs) Speaking of smiles. Well, thank you. All right. Well, until next time. Steph here. Thank you so much for listening to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. If you are a successful business owner and you lead your business with passion, we'd love to feature you on our show. We'd love to share with the world what makes your business great and how you have intentionally led passion throughout your business. Also, if you got any value or little tidbits from this episode, please take a minute to screenshot the episode and share it on your favorite social media platform. Be sure to tag us so we can properly thank you. And we love deepening our connection with our listeners. 
We are regularly putting out new episodes to feature leaders such as yourself who lead with passion on purpose. So be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any future episodes. For more episodes, guest information, or details on the show, please visit getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. That's getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. Once again, I'm Steph. I am the owner and creative director at Vim. And thank you for listening to the show.